Well, the kids have had fun. I believe that you adults need to have fun this morning as well. And I have a very special guest that is, I've asked to come and visit you adults here uh, this morning just before the kids all come back. You see, uh, Christmas, they tell me, Santa Claus, they tell me, reminds me of life in, in four stages. When it comes to Christmas, they say, uh, you first start off in life by believing in Santa Claus. The second stage in life is you don't believe in Santa Claus. The third stage in life, Dad, is when you dress up like Santa Claus for your kids. The fourth stage, the fourth stage in life is when you don't need a costume and you start looking like Santa Claus. Life's four stages. You know, as we talk about Santa Claus and Christmas this morning, uh, you know, I want to share with you different types of Santas this morning that tell us how people approach Christmas. And the way we approach Christmas is often how we approach life. So I have a special guest this morning. Let's welcome him as he comes on in. Who is this? Hey, he's got some gifts here. What's he handing out to people? Look at that. Oh, Get ready for some gifts. Look at, oh my, that looks good. Make sure those big kids get a lot of them. Oh, throw them out there, Santa. Make sure a lot of them get them. Come on, reach. There you go. There you go. Good. Oh, give Santa Claus a real good hand. That's gift giving Santa. That's party Santa. Sure. You know, Christmas for these Santa types is all about the holiday partying, the holiday pleasures. It's Christmas movies, Christmas vacation, jingle all the way. It's a wonderful life. Christmas is for these are, is all about the decorating, the silver, the lights, the wreaths. Uh, it's about the gastronomical Christmas cuisine, uh, the foods of Christmas. I'm talking about kissing the diet goodbye. And can I hear an amen? It's the holidays, Santa decrees, fun and partying for all. Party Santa. What does party Santa represent? Party Santa represents for these that the number one priority in life is pleasure. Self-gratification. How I can please me, myself, and I. If it feels good, duty, do it. Uh, because it's more fun to be naughty than it is to be nice. It's all about saying, let's party. Jesus told of a man who decided to devote his life to nothing but the pursuit of pleasure, self-gratification. In this story, Jesus said, this man one night said, soul, soul, you have enough stored away for years to come. I'm looking up there at my tech booth. Make sure you get the right slides on the back screen. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Wine, 
women and song for you. But that very night, what did God say to this man? This night, this night, not next year, not 12 months from now, not next week. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. This story's been repeated over and over again, hasn't it? People who had it all and lost it all. Just this year we said goodbye to what singer? Prince. A little later than that, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson, and of course, Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, he had it all. And yet, became the most miserable of all. Do you know in the final weeks of Elvis's life, he said, I'd pay a million dollars to anyone who could give me just one week of peace? The king of rock and roll, how'd they find him? In the end, he died on a toilet, overdosing on drugs. The doctor said that he had the veins of an 80-year-old man. He had 14 different drugs in his system, they found. Sure, he won his Grammys. For what? Gospel music. Sure, on his nightstand, he, he kept the Bible. But he also had a collection, a video collection of pornography in the occult. It just shows you how close you can get to God, yet miss him by a million miles. The Bible says in 1 John 2, the Bible says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is what? Fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. How do we please God? I'll tell you that in a moment. But there's another Santa that people pursue at this Christmas. Let's welcome in this kind of a Santa. Boom, 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 What has he got in his hands? What's he handing out to people right now? Santa baby. Just it's money under the tree. Look at me. here. Whoa. Been an awful good girl, Santa Baby. Oh, he's doling out the dollars. And he only has ten seconds more before the song goes out. Santa Look at there. A 54 this is prosperity, Santa. This is money, Santa. This is materialistic Santa. Santa. Give materialistic Santa a real good hand. Hey, Christmas for these kind of Santa people is buy, 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 shop till you drop, take out the plastic, and go charge. We're talking about toys, girl toys, boy toys, plastic toys, mechanical toys, remote control toys, walking, talking toys, beeping, bouncing, blasting toys, toys with batteries included, but the instructions are missing. Teen toys that are never, ever good enough to please your teenager. And of course, there's big boy toys and big girl toys. He's wishing for a 100-inch 
Ultra HD 4K TV for his man cave. And what does he get? Tools, ties, and soap on a rope. She's wishing for diamonds, a girl's best. You got it. What does she get? Cheap perfume, an ugly sweater, and a brand new Kenmore vacuum cleaner. And for these uh, materialistic Christmas people, they don't read the cards. They first shake them to see if any money comes out. You see, for these, life in general is all about money and the things that money can buy. Things make them feel powerful. Things make them feel successful. Things make them feel happy. They believe all the TV commercials that they see, that things will change their life. They have so many things that the attic is full of their things. The basement is full of their things. The closet is full of their things. The rental storage is full of their things. So they put on a garage sale to sell their things so they can make more money to buy more things. How much, how much money does this world hold? If you were to gain all the wealth of this world, how much money would that be? as far as estimated to be. They tell us our world's wealth is estimated to be $241 trillion. How big is $241 trillion? I'm going to tell you. $241 trillion is a sum so great if it were all in $100 bills linked end to end, it would stretch more than halfway to the moon. Yet what's more priceless? than $241 trillion. The Christ of Christmas said, for what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world but lose his soul? Remember, money can buy you the best of doctors in the most palatial hospital room, but it can't buy you one minute of real health. Money! can buy you popularity, but it can't buy you one friend. Money <laughs> can buy you the most expensive sleep number bed, but it can't buy you one minute of real peace. Money can buy you a mansion, but not a home. Money can buy you a gold crucifix hanging around your neck, but it can't buy you a savior. But there's another Santa this morning who typifies the way that many act at Christmas time. Would you agree? You're a mean one, Mr. Green. Have you met people like this? You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. What's he doing? This is church. You're a monster. Not in a church service, stealing her purse. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of... Give Grinch Santa a good hand this morning. Have you met, have you met, have you met the Grinches of Christmas? 
Oh, they resent all the shopping, all the sharing, all the spending. They say it's a waste of time, effort, and money, while others look forward for the family getting together. The Grinches of Christmas, they point out that Cousin Alice talks too much, that Uncle Fred is too loud, that their brother-in-law Bob is nothing but a braggart, and Aunt Maggie, all she talks about are her aches and pains, and her she shows you her latest surgery scar. For the Grinches of Christmas, Christmas is just one big Maalox moment. A wife I heard of was married to a Grinch. Oh, he'd gripe and complain all the time. He'd get angry and frustrated at the least little thing that she would do, but she'd be as calm, calm as can be. One day he asked her, he said, how is it you don't get upset with me? You stay so peaceful and calm. She says, when you get mad at me, I just go and clean the toilets. He says, how does cleaning the toilets make the difference? She says, I use your toothbrush. People, would you agree with me, who constantly complain and gripe and whine and, and practice the art of total misery are not only infected with sourpuss attitudes, these kind of people steal the joys of others. They're joy robbers. Do you know any joy robbers in your life? Huh? And their one priority in life is stealing the, the, the peace and the joy of others. And what does a sour, negative attitude get us? The Bible says in Proverbs, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. It'll put you in an early grave. Finally, <laughs> many at Christmas and throughout the year, they experience this kind of Santa lifestyle. Christmas you. Oh, give it up. It's Elvis. Elvis without Santa. So blue, just thinking about you. Oh, my, my, my. Decorations yeah. of red on a green oh. Christmas tree. Oh, give it up for our Elvis Santa, our blue Christmas Santa here this morning. You can kill that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, are you experiencing a blue Christmas this year? Are you already worrying about how to pay off the credit cards? Are you already worrying about when the, all the relatives get together and how old resentments will resurface? Hmm? But it goes much deeper than that, doesn't it? I'm talking about the other 11 months of the year. I'm talking about the, the deep, dark pit of depression, disappointment that you seemingly can't get out of. I, I, I'm talking about those of you that are bound up with fear, worrying about tomorrow. I, I, I'm talking about uh, those that are gripped with terrible feelings of insecurity, inferiority, inadequacy. 
And the holidays just magnify all those feelings. So what's the answer for those that uh, their whole life is bound up in pursuing pleasure or, or, or money or things? Or What's the answer for those with negative, sour attitudes or feelings of discouragement and deep depression? What's the answer? The answer has never been a Santa. The answer has always been a Savior. And his name is Yes, Christmas is all about a Savior, for unto you is born this day a Savior, the greatest gift that keeps on giving throughout time. John 3.16, the most familiar passage in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I ask you, how did God show his love? The Bible says, God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. God's love wasn't just given in words. Talk is cheap. You agree with me on that? God didn't just say in the, with skywriting, I love you. God showed it. He didn't show it by sending us some new idea, some new philosophy. He didn't show it by giving us an angel. He gave his very best. His son, Jesus. I've seen, I've seen macho men of this church, the biggest Dukes, John Waynes of this church, walk down this aisle with their daughter's arm, arm in arm, and blubber like a baby as they give their daughter away in holy matrimony. I know I've been there. Married to this guy right here. Can you imagine what it was like for God to walk down the aisles of heaven that first Christmas and give his son? Not to a wedding necessarily but to a feeding trough a manger and Jesus would go from the cradle to the cross imagine how it broke the heart of God knowing what would befall his only son why did he do it because of love I've had people look me in the eye I've had guys look me in the eye and say I don't believe in God I come right back and say, He believes in you, and He still loves you. He's for you. He's all about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He loves you. He loves you desperately. You see, Christmas confronts us with a question. What do you need to do with God's greatest gift of love? Well, John 3.16 answers the question. That whoever believes in him. Do you see that there? You might say, well, I believe in Jesus. Isn't that enough? The Bible says that even the demons believe in Jesus. And they shudder with fear. This is more than intellectual assent of believing that Jesus exists. The belief that the Bible talks about is a radical changing and rearranging of your life. 
when you choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my words. Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, let them deny what self wants and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll have real life. You'll bear much fruit. That's why I always love the song that says, Jesus be Jesus in me. No longer me, but thee. Because the me of you and I keeps messing up. Our only hope is the life of Jesus being lived within us. At any given service, I look into faces every Sunday of lives who have been radically changed for the better by Jesus. But the Bible goes on to say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not Perry, you say that word perish? Do we have some danger here? What's the Bible referring to? Perish. Perish. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. From the pastor to the parishioner. All. And the paycheck, the wages, the result of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible's warning here isn't that sin is sometimes fatal. The Bible warns us that sin is always fatal. Do you see that? If sin's spiritual cancer remains uncured, uncleansed. It results in eternal death, eternal separation from God. What's eternal? What's, how do we describe eternal separation from God? What one word describes eternal separation from God? You said it, not me. Hell. God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's great goal for you and I. Life. Life. Not just everlasting life. When you die, when you come to Jesus, you receive life in the here and now. That means new peace, new joy, new hope, real life. Because Jesus is being Jesus in you and me. When you get Jesus, you get something that's more than wonderful. Isaiah 9, 6 said, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name will be called, say it with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Story is told of a wealthy, wealthy father 
who had an especially close relationship with his son. The son in him had a hobby, collecting great works of art. They had masterpieces by Monet, Raphael. They had masterpieces by Picasso that filled the mansion in which they resided. Then 9-11 took place. And the son enlisted into the army in the midst of a firefight. The son became the hero, saving countless other soldiers. But in the process of carrying the final soldier across his shoulder, his best friend, to safety, the son was shot in the back. And with his dying last breath, he laid down his friend in safety and went into eternity. Months later, while the father was in deep grief and mourning, a knock came to his door, the door of his mansion. He answered it, and outside that door was standing the son's best friend, the one that had been saved. And the friend said to the father, you don't know me, but your son was my best friend. He rescued me. He saved me. And I want you to have this. He gave the father a package. The father opened it. And as he opened it, the friend said, I'm not a great artist, but here is a portrait of your son. The father looked at it. The artwork perfectly had caught the personality of his boy. Tears welled up in his eyes. He placed it above his mantle of his fireplace. It was his greatest and most favorite work of art. Every time he brought someone into the home, he took them first to the portrait of his son. Years passed. The father passed away and when the estate was being settled an art auction took place at that art auction the art community filled the audience they were anxious for the great works the great masterpieces that this wealthy man had collected down through the years but first and foremost on the art auction platform was the portrait of the son the auctioneer cried out what will you give me for the son a voice from the back cried out we don't want the son we want the works of art bring those out the auctioneer persisted who will give me a thousand dollars silence who will give me 500 silence one little hand was raised in the back. It was the gardener of the estate, a little old man. He said in a weak voice, $10, $10 for the son. It's all I have. Would you give me 20 $10. The gavel came down, sold. 
The son sold for $10. This auction is now over. The crowd was in shock. What about the works of art? What do you mean the auction is over? The auctioneer said into the microphone, one stipulation of the last will and testament of the father was this. He who gets the son gets everything. Everything. And a little old gardener inherited everything. How about it this morning? Have you received the everything that the Lord wants for your life? If you get the sun this Christmas, you get it all. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave one who's more than wonderful. sounds pretty bad up there. I am so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for trying. Amen. Cindy, help me out on the... Stand with me, if you would, just for a moment here. Change your position. Jesus, be Jesus in me. We're going to make have you be the soloist this morning, the duet this morning. Would you sing it with me? Make it your prayer. Jesus, be Jesus in me. No longer me, but Thee. Be Jesus in me. Just before the children come in, bow your heads with me. Jesus, be Jesus in me. He's the greatest gift that you'll ever receive. Indeed, He's the gift that 
is the only one that does keep on giving throughout all eternity. Isn't it time that you would say yes to Jesus? To Jesus? As heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one is looking around in the privacy of this moment, I'm going to give you the most awesome opportunity of all time and eternity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Perhaps this morning you're not right with God. Perhaps this morning you're not sure that heaven is your home and you want to be sure. If that's you, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's called a prayer of salvation. If you would like to be included in this prayer, if you would like to know that you know that you're right with God and you're on your way to heaven, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift up your hand and I'll include you in this prayer. Just lift it up right now. If you want to be included in a prayer that will make you right with God, and give you a home in heaven. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Yes, so many. God bless you. Thank you in the back. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Pastor, I want to know that I know my sins are cleansed. I'm right with God. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. I want to make him the Savior and the Lord of my life. Keep that hand up. And this morning, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're going to pray that prayer. And I want everyone to pray that prayer out loud, especially you that have lifted up your hands. Own the prayer. Make it your prayer. Put your heart into it. Are you ready? Everyone together. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now, and I confess I've sinned. I failed. I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you're my Savior. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me. For coming into my heart for changing my life, for giving me a home in heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved. I receive this as I believe it 